to another episode of Diamond Talk presented by the Rough Cut Sportscast, the greatest sportscasting show you can find anywhere. I am your host, the Mukesiah, Mr. One Vote himself, Aaron Mukes, alongside JB, the smoothest voice in sportscasting, Dylan Kearns. Dylan, what is up, buddy? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I was I, I spent the weekend going to Wrigley Field. It's a great historic landmark uh, ballpark there in Chicago, and that was a lot of fun. The Cubs got thumped, but uh, something happened in that game that we'll talk about later on in the episode today. But I mean, anytime you can go to the ballpark's a good time. But I'm doing well. I'm excited for today. Now you said Wrigley Field, a lot of history there. Now they don't have the Ivy anymore, right? They uh, they, they still they pull do. The out of, do they? They got the I, Ivy. I thought they pulled some of the Ivy out, Um, but you know, listen, Wrigley field. If you guys ever have a chance to go there, it's one of the like most historic ballparks in all of major league baseball. Um, I'm sure you had a lot of fun. You also had your 21st birthday. So I'm sure you had a lot of, uh, a lot of libations. Yeah. Glad there wasn't a a post game show. (laughs) Uh, why, Why is that? Go ahead. Do tell. Uh, things got things got interesting after the game was over. So I wanted to make sure I was good enough to where, you know, uh, 21 years old. But I, I ended up meeting the public address announcer after the game. So I got to meet him, got his contact information and uh, everything went well there. But after that, it was uh, it was a 21st birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I mean, that that's good. I, I don't even know if I can remember my 21st birthday, but enough with the pleasantries. We are here tonight. We have a lot to get to tonight. We are going to be talking some young stars, but we're going to, we're going to come right out of the gates and we're going to bring the heat right away. Man, oh man, bringing the heat brought to you by Made by Milani. Be sure to go out and get your Rough Cut Sportscast shirts and decals. Head over to Facebook. The link is on there. Uh, again, we have some fire, fire merchandise. I don't know if you've seen the black shirt yet. Dylan hasn't wore it yet. Um, I'm waiting for that to happen. But the shirt, the, the shirt is dope. We are going to be getting some, some, some merch in here. And when I get mine, trust me, I'll be wearing it all the time. So be sure to go order your shirts uh, made by Milani. Shout out to the producer of this show, Vinny Milani, and his wife for making sure that we have all that great merch. But listen, we have had... Uh, this has been one of the most historic weeks in Major League Baseball. And I wanted to start with this right away because I'm really, really hot on this. Shohei Otani, this dude is doing something we've never seen before in the sport of baseball. And it's just, it's time after time after time. And when he first came up, it was, okay, is he going to be a pitcher? Is he going to be a hitter? What is this guy going to actually look like in an Angels uniform? And last week we saw it all. We saw bomb after bomb after bomb then he steps on the mound and he throws five or six shutout innings or this guy is just unreal and so my hot take for this is is this going to be a trend in major league baseball or is this an outlier we we i i know a lot of young kids out there that are coming up and they are this this phenom at the high school level they can hit and they can pitch and what happens is they go to these colleges that only want to see them pitch and then they're no longer allowed to hit and then they come into major leagues and they stand in the batter's box on the, in the National League specifically, and they watch strike one, strike two, strike three, and they don't swing the bat. What Otani is doing, I've never seen anything like it. Is this something we can see as a trend? I think this should be a trend and not the outlier. 
there's no chance that this is going to be an outlier. I mean, kids are doing this now, and right now with the technology that we have in sports, it's going to continue. Uh, you're going to find ways to enhance your body to where you can produce at these levels. Now, I personally think I, I think it's a both both on this front. Shohei Otani is an outlier because he's going to be the best to do both both together at once. Maybe uh, you go back in time, think about Babe Ruth. But there have been some young kids. Hunter Green in the red system came up as a shortstop. He's a pitcher. Throws 103, also hit well there. So uh, he hasn't played the infield, I, be- I don't believe he has, in the minor leagues yet. They're trying to just get him as a pitcher. But Brendan McKay is another one that comes to mind for the Rays. He played first base, came out of the bullpen a little bit. So there are some right now that are doing it. And you think back to the younger days as a kid, we're all playing multiple positions. We're all just trying to get on the field and play our game. And right now, I think it's a trend that's going to be set up for the future. Listen, this the week he had, I mean, let's just talk about it. Tuesday night, he comes out, he hits a home run. Wednesday night, he comes out, he hits a home run. Thursday, they put him on the mound. He goes, he does his thing on the mound, pitches five or six inning, pitches well. Friday, he comes back, he hits two home runs. And then he finishes the week out on Saturday and Sunday and homers both days. This is not just your typical guy that hits cleanup, who hits three or four in the lineup. This is a guy that's so versatile. And, you know, when he first came into the league, I was, I was very reluctant to embrace the Shohei Otani. Oh, he's going to be able to do both. He kind of had that Japanese style kind of slap, slap through the zone. But this guy barrels baseballs. And he, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in the home run derby. I hope. Yes. He doesn't do like some people in the past and kind of gas out in the home run derby, but I'm, I'm all for this Shohei Otani and I'm embracing it. I hope we get more of these guys to come into the league and I hope major league baseball sees that they can market a guy like this and, and perhaps bring in some more fans um, on that front. What goes unnoticed about Shohei is he does have 10 stolen bases as well. So he's a speed threat out there. I mean, he just, he does everything. They talk about five tools in baseball. Can you throw hit, hit with power, play defense and run? He does all of them. He actually has a six tool, and that means he can pitch every fifth day and dominate you at that, too. So Shohei's been doing some incredible things. I love seeing young stars represent at the Home Run Derby. That's something that if you want to grow the game of baseball, you can't have these guys that are hitting in the 200 to 20 home runs. Just hit them out there. You want your superstars. You want the Tatis. You want the Baez. You want the guys to show up and actually hit home runs that are that could be uh, focal points of growing the game of baseball. And um, we cannot mention young stars without bringing up this guy. He was just called up the number one prospect for the Rays. Wander Franco is now up and he's playing today. Uh, I believe I saw his first at bat. He walked. But this is a guy that you have been, Dylan, you have been hot on for a while. Every time we're in the chat, you mentioned Wander Franco, Wander Franco, Wander Franco. Tell the people, what what is this guy? Why is he so special? And how is this going to impact the Rays? He's going to make an impact right away with the Rays. And he, he's he's technically a shortstop. That's what you peg him at right now. And they need some help at the shortstop position. They got production out of that kid they called up a few day, or a few weeks ago once they traded uh, Willie Adamas to the Brewers. Wander Franco, switch hitter. I talk about five tools. He's got all of them. He's got power. He's got speed. There he is at third base. He's playing third base as the MLB debut tonight. You can play him almost anywhere in the infield. He hasn't played first base, but second base, shortstop, third base. Versatile kid, can run well, and he's only 20. 20 years old, 20 years old. He's coming out here making an impact on this Rays ball club. And uh, you look at the, you look at the stats that he has at the minor league level. He's played about a total of 214 career games, 27 home runs, 24 stolen bases, batting average right around 300. And that guy, he's going to do wonders for this race team. That's struggling mightily right now. 
well, struggling. I mean, they they sit atop their division or tied for for their division. What what do you mean struggling? I'm going to point something out here about the Tampa Bay Rays that could linger on as the season goes on. Now, the Tampa Bay Rays, we know they don't have the financial uh, in-house ownership to go out and pay big players. They play this uh, money ball approach that Billy Bean invented out in in, uh, Oakland where they play with a small thing. And you look at the pitchers they bring in. They bring in Michael Wakas. They bring in guys' reclamation projects. And you trade your ace in Blake Snell. I'm okay with that. Whatever it is, you're still getting production out of your guys. Tyler Glass now. But what do you notice about this Rays team? They've lost six games in a row. And the thing that really sticks out to me is the thing they're cracking down on now is the foreign substances. And I think with the way that they manipulate their game, their pitchers are using a lot of foreign substances. You came out and saw Tyler Glass now admit to it in front of a camera and say, hey, that's the reason it causes injury. And I look, they've lost six in a row. Now, I'm not going out there on a limb and saying that, but the Seattle Mariners aren't going to they're, – they're not they're not someone you get swept on in a weekend series. So you got to watch out for this, and I think it could linger on because six losses in a row with the foreign substances cracked down could be an issue for this Tampa Bay ball club. You do not get to come on here and say that. I, I can hear that from anybody else. You don't get to come on here and say that because you're the same guy that last week brought up the Milwaukee Brewers – who also was going through losing streaks against teams like the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Pirates, who aren't really good teams. You don't get to come on here and then talk about a struggling Rays team because they've lost six in a row. And they sit in the exact same position as the Milwaukee Brewers after losing their ace in Tyler Glasnow. You don't get to come on here and, and make that point. This is not, this is not oh, Dylan can flip-flop and, and pick and choose when teams that lose six straight are, are in trouble. The fact of the matter is, is the Rays were in the World Series last year. I'm not going to jump off of the Rays bandwagon. And they they came out at the beginning of the season and started the same way. I'm not going to jump off of that bandwagon because they go through a stretch of baseball games where they struggle for six games. They bring up Wander Franco, who's supposed to be, the again, this next phenom. I I just don't want to hear the Rays are in trouble at this point. I I mean, in the season, when they're tied, right, they're right there with the Red Sox. The same way the Brewers are right there with the Cubs. I I just find it interesting. Now the Brewers, I'm going to make this point. The Tampa Bay Rays, you look at their team. Who's their, who's their superstar. We all hype up Wander Franco as he gets called up today in his MLB debut. Who are you saying? Oh my gosh, all-star game. I got to see him. Well, I give you a few names on the Brewers. It's Brandon Woodruff. It's uh, Christian Yelich. Who's won an MVP. It's Josh Hader out of the back end. You have those guys. So I'm not ready to give up on a team that has MVPs. I'm ready to give up on a team that's been playing this salary crunch game for too long with young players just coming up and coming, go, come and go all the time with analytics to a T spin rate metrics. And that's, what's been cracking down with these substances. So that's why I'm bringing it up right now. Six losses in a row after they started talking about this stuff. I just think it's interesting going forward that you might want to keep an eye on the Tampa Bay Rays. Now the Brewers on a losing streak. Like I said, I'm fine with that. They just got Colton Wong back. I don't worry about that too much. They're going to gel over time. I'm not as concerned with them as I am with the Rays because they can't afford to have something crack down like that, especially with the Yankees team that just got Luke Voigt back. Good point. Very good point. Good point. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that point here. Um, I still think the Rays have a chance to make the playoffs. I still think they're a solid squad. And that money ball approach has, has worked for them. So I, I, I don't, I'm not ready to jump off of that bandwagon just because they lost six straight. And I think it's kind of a coincidence that – 
we're talking spin rate and whether their pitchers are using substances or not. I think that's a, a bit of a stretch to jump to that conclusion. Um, obviously, Tyler Glasnow did admit to it, but I, this has been something in baseball that's been prevalent throughout the league, not just with the Rays organization. All right, Dylan, um, Diamond Talk is a brand new show. How can people go out and find us? What do they need to do? Where can they follow us at? Let the people know where to watch. Well, you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at RoughCut underscore sports. Also on Facebook at RoughCut Sports and on Instagram at the RoughCut Sportscast. Those are all the three social media platforms. See our pretty little faces on all those. And you can also check us out on YouTube. Uh, once that pops up, Vinny, <laughs> Vinny in the back room letting this run. This is interesting, uh, talking over a over a social read. But there we go. YouTube at Rough Cut Sportscast. <laughs> and that is that. Subscribe, like, and tell everybody. Oh, boy. If AJ was here, he would say, everybody. Um, that, that, was, that, was, that was rough. That um. That was a part of the rough cut sports cast as we try to transition through that um, that graphic there. All right, listen, Dylan, we have some headlines here for Major League Baseball. It is time to get into our seventh inning stretch. All right, seventh inning stretch time. D-backs and Orioles on the road. We have to talk about it. It is a bad, bad thing in major league baseball right now. The diamondbacks have lost 23 straight road games. The Orioles have lost 19. Neither team has won a road game since their team pitched. No hitters. John means for the Orioles and Madison Bumgarner's seven inning, no hit bid in that double header. Um, what is wrong? What is wrong with these two teams? This, this road losing streaks, the way they're playing on the road is terrible. What's wrong with them? There's really nothing to explain here. I mean, this is just awful coincidence. Maybe you talk about uh, last year you didn't travel as much with COVID, and now you're starting to fly on planes again and try to get everything together. But I look at those two teams, and you know going into the season that they were going to struggle at least a little bit to try to find some consistency with their uh, winning abilities. And right now I don't see any of that on either side. Now, granted, the divisions they're in are very, very good this year, and I think some people are under are underestimated the NL West going in on how powerful that was because the Giants sit atop that division right now. And the NL West is great. The AL East is great with a bunch of good teams there. Boston surprising some people. You also have the Yankees, Toronto, and Tampa Bay. So there's a lot of tough, tough uh, divisions right there in, in sports with the NL West and AL East. But then again, it, it, I can't believe that we're seeing these teams lose on the road this many times because it, it's it's bonkers. And it's funny that it has to happen after both both their pitchers throw no hitters. They're atrocious. That's the way I describe it. They're absolutely atrocious. These are two bad baseball teams. Arizona, it's funny. Arizona, the Diamondbacks, are the one sports franchise in Arizona that has won a title. And it's just it's it's just sad to see that they've come this far from the days of Randy Johnson, um, you know, winning the World Series, the no Mark Garcia Pars, things like that. It's 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 sad. I'm a big Diamondbacks fan just because of they were first of all, they have great uniforms, but it's sad to see how bad they really are. And the Orioles just continue to do what the Orioles do in the American League. They've sucked for years and I don't see it changing anytime soon. 
The thing that uh, makes me a little bit upset about that is you look at those two teams and I don't like when teams don't spend money. And that's exactly what the Arizona Diamondbacks do. I mean, outside of outside of the Madison Bumgarner contract, they had Nicholas Castellanos have probably one of the best halves or not Nicholas guys, JD Martinez. When he came over from Detroit, he had one of the best halves of the season. Go back and look at his numbers in 2017 with the D-backs. They didn't pay him, let him walk out. They had Goldschmidt trade him. Like, I like to see teams at least compete or show they're competing. The Diamondbacks aren't doing that. The Orioles, they spent their money. They just gave it all to Chris Davis and a bunch of other scrubs. <laughs> Chris Davis, got to love him. Now, he sucks. Uh, you know you know who doesn't suck? Jacob deGrom. And I know Vinny's going to love this. J Vinny's been hot on Jacob deGrom. This guy is doing something in Major League Baseball. Again, similar to the Otani. We haven't seen this before. The, the Jacob deGrom Cy Young Award winner from 2018 and 2019, arguably could have won it last year, is on pace to win it again this year. He is doing something that's it's phenomenal to watch. He's, he's now had 30 scoreless innings where he hasn't allowed a run. His ERA is below one. It's a .5 ERA, something that we've never seen. And again, since 1901, over 12 starts, no one's had a lower whip or opponent batting average than Jacob deGrom here. It's, this is insane. This is right now the best pitching performance in a season that we've ever seen in Major League Baseball. I think this is what a potential modern day Bob Gibson would be. And I've never got to see Bob Gibson pitch, but we know the high velocity numbers he had. Heck, they had to move the mounds back after he ended up pitching because of how dominant he was. And I don't think we're going to see that happen again right now in Major League Baseball. But Jacob deGrom is on a historic pace. 050 ERA, that's just stupid. That's something you see for someone that's a pitcher of the month. Even if they're lucky, 050 in a month is really solid. So he's doing it. Uh, so far to, at, at the course of this year uh, getting into July I mean this is this is insane but I do worry a little bit about his health he's had an elbow he's had a back he's had a hip he's had a shoulder I mean all consecutive times it, he just always tends to leave starts early and you're like oh no DeGrom got hurt it seems like it's always happening I just hope that they get him right so he can continue on this path of a phenomenal season because you don't want your star pitcher hurt as you go down the stretch. I don't know if we want to use the words get him right because if DeBru DeGrom is not get right him right, right now. Healthy. I mean, he's going three innings. If he's going three innings, I don't like it. Yes, he's doing correct. this not at 100% right now, which is which is even crazier. A, a quick stat. Uh, an ERA, an ERA plus of 777. And for those people that don't know what an, an ERA plus is or – Basically, this measures an earn run average in ballparks. It takes hitter-friendly parks versus pitcher-friendly parks, and it kind of equates those numbers. This is more than three times better than 2,000 Pedro Martinez, which is arguably considered one of the greatest pitching seasons of all time. 777, and 2,000 Pedro was at 291. <laughs> the, the difference in that is ridiculous. This is MLB 2K, the show... This is like when you're playing on easy mode. These are video yeah, games, like, video game like numbers. It's insane. Right now, he's definitely the Cy Young favorite for this year. And as long as he can stay healthy, the Mets have a chance. Because if that guy's on the mound in any wild card game or playoff series, and you can throw him out there three times, you have a chance in the playoffs. I mean, heck, the Mets need his bat in the lineup, too. They're not getting too much production in that department. I mean, they're getting Jeff McNeil back. Should get Conforto back later. But, I mean, he's doing a lot with the bat. Probably NL Silver Slugger at the pitcher position. More RBIs and earned runs, and that continues to go up with this 30-plus inning scoreless streak.
definitely. DeGrom is amazing. Uh, another amazing guy, Javi Baez. Uh, okay, we got a comment from the, the fans. I actually want to bring this up. Let's just talk about this before we get into the, the Javi Baez talk. Um, I watched DeGrom. I watched DeGrom get his first check last night, and he talked after the game about he was okay with it. He was like, it was no big deal. They checked him, and they kept it moving. Um, and then we see Max Scherzer tonight, who looked a little pissed off at the fact that he was being checked, even though he knows he's going to be checked. Um, I, I think this is just going to be one of those things where it's a transition for all the pitchers, for all the players. And MLB has, has made a point to try to do it during TV timeouts or when they're going to commercial breaks so that they're not interrupting the flow of a game like baseball that's already slow. That's fair. Uh, I, I think I think it's all right. I mean, if you're still going to check for substances, I think it, what they're doing right now is good. Just find a way to go ahead and check them down. If, if that's what they're trying to do, implement it right now. Like I said, my stance on this situation is Rob Manfred should think about baseball in the offseason and try to change it in the offseason, not midseason when you're going through something like this. But I like the way that they're they're doing the substance checking. I mean, I don't think it's too much of an issue. If pitchers are uncomfortable, then they probably shouldn't have been using this stuff in the first place. Now, Dylan, you were at Wrigley Field, as you mentioned, at the top of the show. So I'm going to let you talk about this final part of our seventh inning stretch. Javi Baez was pulled in the fourth inning and benched after a mishap on the bases. Can you talk about what happened and talk about what what do you think Javi Baez's um, reaction to this benching was? I think I don't think it matters what his reaction is. Go back to the dugout and sit down. I'm sick and tired of it. I mean, I was I was there on Saturday for my 21st birthday. I watched Jock Peterson pop up to the catcher. The wind in Chicago always blows. That's blowing back into fair territory. He's taking his helmet off, walking back to the dugout, going back to the dugout. Literally, his helmet's off. He's walking back. The ball's still in the air. And luckily, the catcher, Jorge Alfaro, leaned back and made the catch in fair territory. If that ball gets down, Jock Peterson's uh, cleats are on the first step of the dugout, not on first base. He ended up getting double switched out. No one's talking about that. Then Javi, just a few days later, one of your superstars, someone you want to market the game of baseball, does not even know how many outs there are in the bases. Take a sit. I, honestly, grab some bench, Javi. I'm sick and tired of that. Nowadays, you saw Brian Snicker do it to Acuna, and you want to you want to keep the stars on the field. The stars got to play the game of baseball up here before they play it out there. Because if not, it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy. And I love the way that these managers are initiating. You cannot deal with this crap on a daily basis. I think, um, and I'm not not a Cubs fan. I, I think the this issue is coming here, from a baseball standpoint. I, I think the issue here is the landscape of baseball, all the way down to the lower levels. Um, there has been, and you know, again, somebody who's coached baseball and whose son plays baseball, there is this thing we talk about, like hard nineties, and you know, playing the game to that till you, you know, the guy catches the ball, right? To, you never know, errors happen. I don't care if they're professionals. Things happen. We see this in every other sport. Nobody gets to take plays off in any other sport except for baseball. A ball is hit, a fly ball is hit in the air, and we take for granted that is going that it's going to be caught. Um, I, I just think that Javi Baez benching Javi Baez. I don't know that he's going to learn his lesson, but I think it's something that should be talked about more and something that should be addressed from a manager standpoint when we're talking about a ball club. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I just think it's something that that needs to be addressed more inside the clubhouse with these managers and with these quote unquote superstar players. 100% agree. All right. It is time to get into our main event. Let's go. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. It's time! Last night, the Dodgers and the Padres kicked off another series. Um, they're playing again tonight, and there's nothing better in Major League Baseball than a good old-fashioned rivalry. So what, what I see here between the Dodgers and Padres is a rivalry that's just kind of getting underway. You have the young guns of a Fernando Tatis Jr., who's a flashy, energetic player. You have Manny Machado, who's been in a number of altercations. And then you got the Dodgers, who have guys like Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner, World Series champions. And then they got a guy like Trevor Bauer, who's on the mound, who's a fiery pitcher, who likes to talk a lot of shit. This rivalry in baseball is what I feel like baseball needs. I feel like baseball needs the rivalries. The days of the, the Boston and the New York Yankee rivalries aren't really there anymore. We don't see the same transitions or the same fights that we used to see. I think baseball needs to do a better job of marketing situations just like this. I know that we don't want to see fighting in the game, but this excitement in a, in a rivalry and two teams that are atop of their division or sitting near the top of their division that are fighting for playoffs – they want this type of this type of energy. They want these altercations. They want these fights. And I think it'll draw baseball fans in and maybe give them an opportunity to see the talent that's displayed on the field on a daily basis. I think this is something that goes to what kind of baseball fan are you? Are you an old school, old mentality kind of kind of baseball fan? Or I guess you could call them uh, purists. Or you, are you this new, this new age guy, a new age fan of the game of baseball that really wants to adapt? And the way I see it, uh, Michael brings up a good point here in the comments. The Dodgers' bigger bigger rival is the Giants. 100%. I'm a baseball purist. I think back to the Brooklyn days, the Brooklyn Dodgers against the New York Giants. Then they go out west, L.A. Dodgers against the San Francisco Giants. I mean, that's what it is. It's Kershaw Bumgarner back in the day. I mean, I guess that's back in the day now. But you look back at all the things that have happened. That's the bigger rivalry. And then you look at historic rivalries like the uh, Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees. But what you're seeing here is I'm willing to adapt as well. This is this is the Dodgers and the Padres, young stars galore, ready to adapt. And you did see a little bit of that feistiness in the playoffs last year. Jace Tangler got ejected in that one. You saw the robbed home run of Tatis by Cody Bellinger in center. I mean, you've seen a lot of great stuff happen with this rivalry last year. And it's transitioning to this season. And I think it could be something you could see going forward with all the young stars there. The young stars, to me, is what brings the rivalry. And you mentioned the, the Dodgers and the Giants. And they are. They're a big rival, bigger rivalry over the course of baseball history. But when you look at the Giants now, most non-baseball fans couldn't tell you three guys on the, on the Giant, in the Giants lineup. They know they the Buster Posey's there. and the Brandon Belts or the Brandon Crawfords, but they don't know any of these new newer players. And I think that's what the Padres and Dodgers have an advantage of. When you got a guy like Tatis who signs a 15-year deal and then a Mookie Betts who signs a 12-year deal with the young stars of a Cody Bellinger and a Justin Turner who's not young. But um, I think these guys are, are more known now they're, they're out there, they're in the public eye, and I think that's what breeds the rivalry. So when you see a fight or you see a Manny Machado, you know, talking smack to somebody on the Dodgers, it's easy to be engaged into that moment. And I think that's the problem across baseball is baseball hasn't done a good job of marketing their, their rivalry teams against each other. You mentioned in, in the pre-show about the Cubs and the Cardinals, and 
we don't hear about these rivalries where in football or basketball, we get these constant conversations or these, these conversations throughout a week or a series where, Hey, these guys are going at it. And these are the guys we need to be watching. We don't get that in baseball enough. And I think that's the problem. That's why you're losing these, these rivalries or they're not there, but the Padres and the Dodgers, they have so much star power and so many personalities between both of those clubhouses. I think they kind of just do it themselves and they don't need major league baseball to promote it for them. Yeah. They, they, they really don't need any, they don't need any help. They just let their play speak for themselves. And when they're young kids, when they're gelling together, that's when it's the best because they all have guys on the other team that they, they look up to. And then there's also players you're like, you know what? I can't stand them. Let's plunk them. Let's, let's get after them. And it really, it drives you to beat them every single time. So I like the new age rivalry there. I mean, there's not really outside of that. There's just a bunch of historic rivalries that have all been great that we've seen over time. I just hope that if this Dodgers Padres thing is for real, it's not going to be a flash in the pan here for just a little bit. It's going to be later on. Like you're going to think back, man, remember in 2020 when there was no one in the stadium, when you saw Dodgers Padres really be born when Bellinger robbed Tatis's home run, that's going to go back to the Duke Snyder, the Willie Mays days of the Dodgers uh, Giants rivalry. And you're really going to see those thinking back, man, I wish I could have saw those in person. Cause I I'm that way right now. I want to go to Fenway park, but I want to see big poppy against a rod. It's too late. It's too late. I should have done that when I was a kid, but I can't do it now. Well, I think with the contracts of a Tatis and a Mookie Betts, you got young guys in place that that can breed that kind of kind of rivalry that you're asking for. So hopefully it does breed that type of um, that type of energy as we go forward. And who knows? It might be something they might be battling the NS or the NL West for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. Uh, let's head to the comments. Let's see what comments and questions we have today. Um. <laughs> Dylan, how, how was Wrigley? Is your is it your first time? What's up, Sherman, by the way? Nice to have you on. I've been to Wrigley about 36, 40 times. I've been there a lot when I was a kid. So probably around probably around 35. But Wrigley's Wrigley. I mean, there's I don't I don't I can't speak for every single ballpark. I am gonna try to get to some more. I've probably been to about 10 of them. Wrigley, Wrigley's just it's historic. That's what it is. You go there, you hear the organ play, you see the Ivy. Everybody's like, you go in bars across the street, Murphy's Bleachers in right field. You go in there and it's just, you're going through game-worn jersey in the bar of uh, Ryan Sandberg. You see like just a bunch of baseball history surrounding you. You hear the organ playing, uh, people walking up and down the streets on Waveland Avenue. And you see where Sammy Sosa used to hit him, where Glenn Allen Hill hit his massive 500-foot home run. I mean, there's just so much history at that ballpark and they still have the old scoreboard. That's the only only scoreboard that shows the count still at Wrigley. Even with the video boards up, you have to look out to dead center to see the see the count uh, of, of each at bat. You, you mentioned you've been to Wrigley 35 times. Um, what are their what is their record when you were there? One in 34? I can know. I can't think back, but the last two times I went, I saw the absolute demolishness of the 10 to one loss on Saturday. And I went in 2019 and I saw John Lester get lit up by the nationals on players weekend uh, on, on the weekend, there. players weekend where they wore the black jerseys and the white jerseys. It looked like there was a bunch of umpires out there, but uh, the craziest experience I had, and I'm still pissed to this day. I was, it was 2005. I went to a game in April. I was five years old. I remember it clear as day. Um, the wind was blowing out. 
actually it was blowing in off the off the lake uh if you're up there when they say is the wind blowing in or out if it's in in april you're getting that as a fan it's crushing you in the face and it's crisp it's like 20 degree wind chill you're feeling the effects so my family it goes to extra innings i'm 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 pissed because they want to leave and i'm like no way no we're going we're staying i was throwing a fit up in the stands like a little toddler at at a big at a big grocery store i'm ready to go so i'm sitting there and they end up leaving, and I, I had to go with them. As we step out of the out of the ballpark, place erupts. Derek Lee hits a walk off home run into the bleachers, and I didn't get to see it. And I still wish I could have saw it. <laughs> that, um, that sounds like they probably won because you left. Um, yes, but but but, <laughs> all right. So so Derek Derek Lee, right? You said Derek Lee hit it. Oh, I had a birthday cake with that guy's face it was- on it. Derek Lee is one of my favorite baseball players of all time. Um, fun fact. Um, Dylan, okay, yeah, fun, fun fact. I hate the Cubs, though. Um, listen, casual fan, new baseball fans to the Diamond Talk, to the Rough Cut Sports cast, casual fan. Dylan, what are some of the best rivalries out there right now that a casual fan can watch and perhaps get into the game of baseball? I actually like Braves-Mets. I don't think we talked about it yet, but the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets is a good rivalry. We talked about DeGrom. We haven't talked about Ronald Acuna on this show yet, I don't believe. And he's someone that's really good. Ozzy Albee's another one there. A lot of young talent. Francisco Lindor in New York. There's a lot of great talent there. If you're trying to get into something, I'd look there. But we also talked about Dodgers Padres. That's a great one. They're actually playing. If you're if you're a new baseball fan, you're just listening to this, they're playing each other this week or this week here in a three-game set. Tune in tonight. Tune in tomorrow. Uh, they, they're playing each other, and it should be a lot of fun. We just saw you, Darvish, take the hill yesterday. He ended up getting 1,500 strikeouts, uh, the quickest to that, I believe. Those of you in the chat, what are some of your favorite rivalries? Post in the chat. Let us know. Talk about talk about Cubs-Cardinals. Talk about Boston and the Yankees. Uh, Dylan, you mentioned one pre-show, the Astros and the Angels, perhaps, if they had better pitching. Yeah, um, if they had there, better up pitching. Up there in uh, the Anaheim. But do they still call them the Los Angeles Anaheim Angels of LA or whatever? I don't <laughs> Los know. Angeles Dumb, Angels of Anaheim. Dumbest, dumbest team name in all of baseball. There's already a team in LA. Just call them the Anaheim Angels. Um, but what are some of your what are some of your favorite rivals out there? Let us know. Post it in the chat. Dylan, anything else? You got anything else for us tonight? Are you that you're hot on before we wrap this up? I mean, I could go on a big spill about the Cubs, but you don't want to hear that. No, no, I mean, we don't want to hear we don't want to hear yeah. a big spill about the Cubs. We've I'll we've just say one thing. They haven't they haven't scored more than three runs in nine days, so uh, not very happy. You know, listen, listen, I'm gonna say this, and we'll, we'll actually just end it here. This here, <laughs> you brought up the Cubs at the very, very beginning of the season, and oh, nice. oh, Sherman says Phillies Mets. That's actually a really good one. You 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 brought up the Cubs at the beginning of the season, and you talked a lot of crap about them, and then they started winning, and you were like, oh, the Cubs are kind of winning. That's kind of nice. And now they're starting to maybe not play so well again. And here comes Dylan again, talking shit about the Cubs. Look, man, it's a 162 game season. You got to control your emotions. I am. Your emotions, your emotions are getting the best of you right now. When, when they have I talked fine. good about the Cubs? Well, again, that's all I part did of the was problem. say their bullpen was good. I just know that for a fact it is broken, but it's a, it's a okay. long, it's a long thing there. I'm a knowledgeable baseball fan. Give me, give me something else. All right, Dylan, before we head out of here, let the fans know once again where they can find us and follow us on social. 
All right. Follow us on Twitter at roughcut underscore sports and on Facebook at roughcut sports on on Instagram at the roughcut sportscast. Speed it up, Finny, and roughcut sportscast on YouTube. And you can also subscribe. You can like, and you can tell everybody. Jesus, tell everybody. That's right. Be sure to go to Facebook and follow us. We are trying to get to 1,000 likes. I believe we're like 30-something short. Get us to 1,000. Tell somebody. Send it to all your friends. Invite us uh, or invite them and subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube. Subscribe or follow us at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Otherwise, I'm going to sick AJ on all of you and a pissed-off Vinny. And you guys know what happens when Vinny's pissed off. He looks into the camera like this. He goes goes up He gets real really close and he tells everybody in a threatening voice to make sure that they go out and follow us. So be sure to do that. Oh, there he is. Wow. Speaking, speaking of the, the in guy the green himself. room. Hey, follow us, share us and do the right thing. Okay. Hey, Hey, everybody. Hey, you too. Both, both of you live on the air. Great show. Thank you to our, our behind the scenes two weeks in a row. Now, last week we had AJ today. We had Vinny's, big head next to a green screen. Um, but they always put together great graphics and content. Uh, Dylan, any parting words before we head out of here, buddy? Not really. Uh, Going to watch the Giants tonight against the Angels. Just a uh, normal night of baseball watching. Sounds good. You're watching baseball. I'm watching basketball. And be sure to tune in tomorrow night to AJ Johnson and Vinny Milani as they host another episode of Rough Cut Sportscast. And join us next week, Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time for another episode of Diamond Talk. Until next time, peace out. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.